I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your December editions of the National Treasures podcast, hosted by me... thinking if we were like a real podcast we'd have jingly music that we could do as a bed under here but we haven't so i'll just do it while you talk i could i could put some in um i can't also if we were a real podcast that's the kind of thing we discussed before we were recording rather than you less than 10 seconds in derail blindside me sideswipe i didn't have a fucking clue what was going on not like not that we're not a real podcast but do you know what i mean like podcasts are split into like two camps there's there's the ones that are us kind of people messing about and then there's the ones that have actual budget and a producer and and somebody that like edits them to make them sound like radio or television or something there's also two types of podcasts where it's the messing around ones are often just people talking and the ones with production are the ones that try and teach or impart wisdom. Mm. Somehow we're both yeah, while yeah, managing yeah, yeah, yeah. to be neither. Yeah, we're doing neither thing well. But hey, as our increasing Patreon following shows, there's a market for it, Will. Yeah, but we're neither pulling in the big money of Joe Rogan chatting to his pals or helping the world like Greg Jenner. We're basically pissing off a few people. Nah, I think I think we're we're close. Look, on a sliding scale of Jenner to Rogan, we're very much nearer Jenner than Rogan. We've got a new Patreon, by the way, that we should say hello and thank you to. Hello, Kevin. Thank you very much for becoming a patron. We love you. Hi, Kevin. We do. We love you. Um, so, for long-time listeners of the podcast, you will know that normally what we do is we split each place into four episodes. In the first episode, we go to visit a place and have a lovely day out. On the second episode, we talk to the person who has sent us there about why they love it. And the third and fourth episodes, we do a deep dive on things as voted by you, the listener. So, you see, we're teaching you things like Jenna, but we chat to our friends like Rogan. Uh, but because it's Christmas... And we spread Christmas, misinformation about vaccines like Jenna. Did you, yeah, you can't eat it. <laughs> Someone was... Greg uh, Jenna does really... not do that, by the way. I can't... He's such a nice man. I can't sit there with that misinformation out there. He He's never spread any disinformation about vaccines. 
um, that we know of. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, because it's Christmas, we're mixing things up a bit here, like a snow globe. Uh, so the the place we're going to this uh, month is the Brighton Christmas Market, and it's a place that we are sending ourselves on. Now, because the person sending us there is us, the episode of the day out is going to be a bumper double feature, part one, part two, that'll come out in a couple of weeks nearer to Christmas. So we're doing the deep dives first. And because it's our Christmas as well as yours, we've chosen ourselves. We've not asked you anything. We've just done it. So this week, on the theme of Christmas, Laura is going to be telling me all about what, mate? The North Pole. The North Pole. Home of? Not a lot, it turns out. Unless your children are listening, in which case, Santa and the elves. Santa McClausicals. Yes, yes. Uh, I chose the North Pole for, for what I wanted to do a deep dive on because I assumed it would be fascinating. Well, I was wrong. Have you researched, like, the magnetic North Pole? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't take away any of my facts, Will. That, that is 25% that's primary of the information. Fact. No, yeah, you learn that. You learn everything there is to know about the North Pole in primary school. There is nothing else. What's very interesting here is, so, uh, for the listener, next week, I will be telling you all about the origins of the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because I thought that was interesting. Because we chosen this ourselves yeah. laura has looked at a featureless cold inhospitable tundra and gone that'll do an hour well yeah i thought it would be anyway listen there's some stuff and we're gonna get into it will so the north pole will have you ever been there no no me neither i've been in the arctic circle um, yes. Long-time listeners will know the best time of my entire life was working as an elf in Finland. Um, uh, only, in... Didn't, you were scoured for that job, weren't you? Every uh, every year, the people go around and look for everyone who's just very, very short and offer a bit of money to go to Lapland for a while. Yeah, unfortunately, they can never find you to ask you because you're always under a bridge scaring billy goats. Okay, it's a great comeback. I've got nothing. You win. <laughs> You win. That was superb. I have got nothing. You could, hey, Laura, you come for the king, you'd better not miss. And I missed and you smashed me. Well done. I mean, cancel the episode. It'll get no better than that. I haven't gigged for a few days, so I'm full of zingers. Um, but listen, we are going to the pub after this, so maybe all the zingers would just... Be, maybe I'll just bully you for your birthday. <laughs> no, no, it's my birthday. I won't do that. I won't do that. Right, so the North Pole, Will, as you've alluded to, there are two North Poles. There's true North Pole, which is what we're going to be talking about, and then there's magnetic North Pole, mm-hmm. which we're not going to bother with because it's very boring and it's just where magnets point. And it doesn't even always stay in the same place. When I mentioned the magnetic North Pole, you said... Don't take away my facts. I've got some stuff on that. And your stuff on that was, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, well, just that there was one. I didn't know there were two North Poles. What? Did you not go to school? That's like, you do that at the same time as the Tudors and, I don't know, fucking Henry VIII. That's, yeah. That is the Tudors! Will, since I started doing my other oh, yeah. podcast, have you learned one thing about me? And is it that... Science information just rinses out of my body in the same way that green apples do. I listened to a very funny clip of your other podcast today where Ron 
God love him, tried to keep the audio format going and fill the dead air that you were creating by being thick. And you just told him off for doing his job well. And I thought, God, how does she get away with this on two weekly podcasts? I think the next three, thing three now is... Three, years and years. You and Ron need to have a podcast that is Surviving Laura, where you and Ron just have a nice podcast where nobody's an arsehole. Ron and I will do a thing like one week he'll teach me about a thing. I'll go, nice one. And then next week I'll teach him about <laughs> a thing and we'll go, nice one. And that'll be, be the podcast called Nice One and it's coming 2023. The thing is, though, I feel like I'm not as much of an arsehole on our podcast because history and days out and us chatting doesn't fill me with rage like science does. Anyway. You're a different type of asshole. You're too giddy on this one <laughs> and you're too sad on that one. Yeah, well, you're not perfect either. You're very distracted if there is any blue tack or playable things anywhere near you. Anyway, the North Pole is the most northerly point on Earth. Um, it's There's no land mass at the North Pole, William. It's not like the South Pole where it's its own continent on Antarctica. The North Pole is just basically somewhere in the sea. Yes, correct. Yeah, but obviously it's not quite in the sea because there's ice on it. So that's why you can go there, even though it's the sea, you can walk to it. It's on some ice. It is The ice there... There you go, guys. Just so you know, guys, that's now two facts. One, we're not talking about the uh, magnetic North Pole. And two, just for uh, anyone who's not aware, there's a lot of ice at the North Pole. God, (laughs) how can we continue at this breakneck pace? (laughs) All right, Will, how thick do you think the ice is? Very. About as thick as you. I've listened to Lex Education. (laughs) That is T-H-I-C-C, in case you're wondering. Um, No, in in feet or metres, depending on which you prefer, how thick do you reckon the ice is? About 2,000 metres. You think the ice is 2,000 metres thick? Yeah. You're a bellend. No, it's two to three metres thick. What? It can't be, not all the way round. Not wide, thick. Like I know deep. What thick means. <laughs> yeah. You think it goes 2,000 metres into the sea? Yeah. Well, I thought it, it was doesn't. massive. No, it's like 10 feet. But icebergs are massive. And yeah, they're well, bits we're of the Arctic. We're not talking about have... icebergs. But icebergs are bits of the Arctic that have smashed off because of methane. They're well thick. One, I don't know if you know this, famously levelled the Titanic. Well, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. It's two to three metres or six to ten feet thick. I see you I'm trying calling to Google shenanigans. it. Yeah, go on then, Google it. Google it and check, Will, if you don't believe my fucking facts. Oh, God, I hope I'm not wrong now. I hate stuff like this. Why didn't I just do something history? Mother of God. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. I'll take it all back. Thank you. Woohoo! Okay, here's my favourite thing that I found out about the North Pole, though, Will. Yeah. Stop just reading facts now and wait for me to tell them to you. In Antarctica, the ice is 2,000 metres thick. Okay, cool. Um, Will, do you want to know my favourite fact about the North Pole? I'd like a fact about the North Pole. Oh, fuck off. I've given you like <laughs> ten. There's no Give time... Give me two. 
There's no time zone at the North Pole, Will. You're just allowed to right? decide what time it is for yourself. What time is it? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. And because what do you want it to be? Because of the sun not moving like it does everywhere else. So the sun only sets and rises once each time a year in the North Pole. Um, so there's no like days or anything like that. So you just go there and you can just be like, well, I'm from England, so I'm going to use English. Or I'm from Florida, I'm going to use Florida time. Hello, I'm Spanish. I'll use Spanish time. You do what you like. You just decide when you get there. Do you reckon that's the same one like Star Trek? What, when they go to the North Pole? <laughs> this when is they go off. to space. This episode is is rough, even for us, Will. What do you mean? In Star Trek, in Star Trek, right, yeah, mm. they're in space, famously. Yeah. Also, Star Wars, a lot of the space stuff, all the spaces, and they have the day and they give the time, but like they must decide, right, now it's nine o'clock, uh, go. Yeah, I guess they just have ship time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So, the North Pole, it's much warmer than the South Pole. Um, so, you always got colder temperatures in the Antarctic. And that is because the North Pole is a lower elevation. So, the sea level is lower at the North Pole. And it's right in the middle of an ocean. And that is warmer than an ice-covered continent. I can accept that. Yeah. Temperatures are sort of roughly, so in summer, temperature sits at around freezing point, like around zero degrees. Obviously, there's outliers on that. I think the highest recorded temperatures there is like something like 13 degrees. Um, and and then it, it drops right down in the winter. Obvs. So in the summer, it's about zero. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, as an average. Yeah. But like, sometimes it's about zero around here. And I'm not warm, but I'm not, you know, I'm wearing my, wearing my coat. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we're talking like August and July. That's as as warm as that's, it gets there. But but Laura, that's when I'd go. That's when I have my holidays. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. I, I don't know what that means for wind chill factor, though. I imagine that adds to it. It's changing You're going a to lot. Take though. some swimming trunks. Because obviously the, the the Arctic is um, warming at twice the rate of the rest of the planet, which is a real global warming issue, um, and that that's had some interesting um effects like there's never really been lightning there before because of the weather systems there but as the planet warms they're starting to record lightning storms in the north pole so who bloody knows what that's going to lead to um, i guess <laughs> uh death for all of us anyway let's not lean into i don't know why i picked the north pole of course that was going to click off my climate change anxiety merry christmas everyone so the sea depth at the north pole it is about 14,000 feet deep down to the bottom of the sea there. Um, and then the nearest landmass to the North Pole is off the coast of which country, William? Greenland? Yes, well done, you clever clogs. It's Kafaklubben Island, and that is the closest um, landmass. So let's talk about reaching the North Pole, shall we, Will? I reckon you just get a compass, you head north. Um, yeah, pretty much, depending on whether your compass is working. But they are just as a... Like, you don't plug them in, they just work. They're magnetic. Magnets work. Yeah. God, Becca's having the time of her life in the background. What's she up to? Do you believe what she's doing? She's having a meeting. 
at work. Her job sounds yeah, way better well, than ours. On to, hey, my niece How got me a How is she doing a full-time you... job and she sounds like she's having more fun than this podcast we're making? Oh, I had a great day at work today. What did you do? Uh, I had quite a few coffees. I had a bacon and egg sandwich for my lunch. Uh, and I bought home a slice of rhubarb and custard cake. Also, my niece got me a card that says, Uncle, have a tur- you're turtly great. It's got a turtle <laughs> on it. That is a very cool card. Yeah, and then my niece just drew, she drew that picture. And I then my sister tried to write to me. Yeah, well, it's just scrolling. She's one. Um, and there we go. Well, yeah, you're really stretching out this birthday now, aren't you? So, reaching the North Pole, William. There's a lot of disputing going on about North Pole visits. So, the first undisputed expedition to get to the North Pole was the airship Norge, which went over, it sort of flew over the area um, in 1926. Uh, 16 men were on that airship, including who? Uh, Charles Lindbergh. No, Amundsen. Roald Amundsen. That's it, yes, yes. Um, But there were a fair few sort of abandoned or failed attempts to get there before then. So there was one that set off in 1827. So we're talking 100 years earlier. Um, it was This was one of the first expedi- expeditions to set out uh, and expressly saying, we're off to the North Pole, here we go. It was a British naval officer. Um, his name was William Parry. And they got quite far north, but then they had to turn back. And there were there were quite a few um, ships that tried this, either turned back or there was this one ship that got crushed by ice. Was it the Terror? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Why? What's the Terror? The Terror and the Erebus were two ships that tried to go very very north, um, and. Uh, I read a book about it and there's a TV show. And also I went to the Buried Treasure Museum in uh, Cornwall near where our friend Mo is from. I think I read about the ship that got crushed in the ice. Mm, yeah, that was, see, that's where I sort of, I mean, I know it's not 2,000 metres thick like you think it is, but God, I just can't imagine ice sheets that big. It's very hard to imagine for me, the North Pole. Um so yeah, so they got that. Those lots of expeditions basically tried in 1895. There were some Norwegian explorers, Nansen and Johansen, hey, uh, and they went for the pole. They um they were on board a ship called the Fram, and then that got sort of stuck in the ice. I think so. They carried on on skis, and they got pretty far as well. But then yeah, it all went a bit skippy, and they had to go back as well. Got a bit um, skippy, did it, mate? Yeah, a little bit skippy, and then they went back. Um, there was a very fun one in 1897 where the Swedish guy, Salomon Andre, and two buddies, they tried to reach the North Pole in a hydrogen balloon. Oh, wow. Isn't that fun? It was called the Eagle, but it didn't quite make it. It, it sort of it crashed, I think. It was about 200 miles north of Kvitoya, Um which is right... Well, sorry, mate. Kvitoya, I think. Um, it's got one of those yeah, O's with not? a line through it. How do you pronounce that? 
No ghosts. <laughs> no idea, yeah. So uh, right at the top of the Svalbard archipelago, um, and they, they, tr- they managed, even though their hydrogen balloon crashed there, they managed to trek the 190-odd miles, um, but then when they got there, they died. Um, <laughs> so they survived Oof. three months after the crash, but then died. And then uh, about 30-odd years later, they found the remains of the expedition and um, and sort of sorted it all out. In 1909, um, Robert Peary, who I think was an American, he was American, he claimed to be the first person in re- to reach the North Pole. Um, but it's kind of disputed as to whether he did or not. Um, he had dog sleds and support crews in in like intervals, but then there's a lot of people now who are like, eh, we're not sure you actually could have managed that, so probably you didn't. I suppose yeah, at that time, like you just go you just go away for a bit and go, yeah, I did this by the way. Big news, yeah. everyone. Yeah, exactly. Come back looking a bit sort of screwed up and a bit cold yeah oh yeah yeah oh very cold oh very white yes thank you for having me goodbye that kind of behavior you know a lot of snow a lot of ice um is there a lot of snow though i don't know if there is is there or or is it the antarctic that's a desert the antarctic's a desert i don't even i don't know if it does snow loads (coughs) i don't know at all no. I thought the ice was two kilometres thick. You did, yeah. Um, so because it's not a landmass, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to set up permanent bases at, you know, because you can't just mm-hmm. stick a hut there and then man a weather station. But um, they have Why sort not? of started to do that. They started investigating there for a couple of decades now. I think the Russians were the first ones to do it. They banged a like floating research station there and gathered a load of information. And then when they went to collect it, it had drifted something like 1,600 miles down towards Greenland. So it's an interesting place to try and research. But because of climate change, because of the ice melting, um, it's becoming a much more hotly contested place than the North Pole and the Arctic. Pun intended. Because partly because if you can just sail through the Arctic, then you can massively decrease the cost of your shipping costs because you don't have to do the Panama Canal. um, And it's a lot quicker for some countries to get to each other if they can go that way. Also, something like two thirds of the oil left in planet Earth is in the Arctic. And now that the sea ice is melting, it makes it much easier to extract it. So they're using climate change as a means to get more oil, which is really fascinating, isn't it? Um so, because of all this meltness, um in two thousand That's very similar to saying like you could be like, listen, there'll be no more murder if I just killed everyone. Yeah, basically. Like, oh, hang on a minute, fossil fuels are melting all this ice and it's making everything unstable. Oh, but it is also making it easy to get to more fossil fuels. What's what's the decision? <sighs> so in two thousand and seven because of this, because of basically, I mean, I, I guess if you're a world leader, you're looking at the whole of the top of the earth opening up as a transport and wealth system. And you're thinking, well, if we don't, who will? So in 2007, 
a Russian scientific expedition made the first ever manned descent to the ocean floor at the North Pole. Um, so they went there uh, and uh, that they, they, they'd been doing a big research program for a long time, but they've also planted a Russian flag in the floor of the sea where the North Pole is to try and claim Russian ownership of the sea there. The UN haven't recognised this as being Russia's property, but they have claimed it. Um, okay. And we all know flags means claims. Um, so they went down in a couple of submersibles um, and it's quite interesting really because it's the first time they've really had information on the ocean bed there because a weird thing I don't really know about about the proper Arctic like this is that there's not wild amounts of um of life there. It it's not like the Antarctic. Cold. Yeah, but the Antarctic's mm. cold. Polar bears. why are you saying polar bears? Because polar bears are at the North Pole. No, there aren't. They're in the Arctic though, aren't they? Yeah, but they're not at the North Pole. What's at the North Pole? Nothing, really. That's why this research okay. is so shit and boring. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things that I didn't really realise with this. Like, the North Pole, yeah, the Arctic's got, like, a, you know, decent amount of wildlife. But because of the North Pole being so sort of cold and barren and far from anything and there's no landmass and stuff, it's actually relatively empty, but, like, this um, trip down that the Russians did, like, someone saw, I can't remember, it was, like, a sea slug or a cucumber or something like that. Like, they were like, oh, there was something on the floor. I've just realised then, after half an hour of the record and 36 years of life, when I imagine the North Pole, the Arctic, I'm just thinking of, like, North Alaska and Greenland and sort of, like, North Scandinavia, aren't I? The actual North Pole itself is rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when I was there in, fi in Finland, I was in Saraselka, which is in North Finland, and we were two, I think we were 300 miles north of the um, Arctic Circle line. Yeah. So it's big. Like It's not like the Arctic is just a tiny circle at the top of the world. It's massive. So you've got an awful lot of inhabited world before you're anywhere near the North Pole like or even off there's land. There's no, like, there's no Christmas trees. There's no, there's nothing. At the it's North an iceberg, Pole. isn't it? Yeah, it's a floating yeah, it's bit of ice. it's just sheeting ice. I thought that was the first thing I told you that you said wasn't a fact. Yeah, I wasn't listening. I was thinking it's about just else. A, It's just an ocean, Will. It's just an ocean. It's just the sea. Yeah, with a little right. bit of ice on now, the top of it. Up until about, genuinely, 90 seconds ago, I knew that the North Pole, the Arctic, wasn't a continent like the Antarctic. But I, I thought it was like ice that went from the bottom of the sea all the way up and you could go walking around on it. I've only just realised that after all the land ends, it's like um, one of those monks haircuts, isn't it? Basically, you know, they go like the horseshoe haircut. If that, if your dome of your head is the Arctic Circle, all the land ends there. Then you've just got water. The North Pole is just on water. 
Am I? But I've just... Am I but I've just realised that. I kind of break with reality? I feel like that was the first thing I said, and you said, oh, my God, you haven't even got a fact. How but I wasn't listening, you ships see. were getting through it when I was saying all that stuff about ships going through? Well, because I knew it wasn't a landmass, yeah. you know, like, I thought it was like... Um, because well, ships can go through countries, can't they? And like rivers and whatever. I thought they were like natural sort of wetter bits for liquid water. It's this has blown my mind. Ocean, the Arctic Ocean. I it's thought just it was frozen. I thought it was frozen. Well, it mostly is, but it's just but like sheets all the of way ice. Down. No, yeah, no, the whole sea isn't frozen. Right, but that's. New, new, new information to me, and that's well, why I thought it was so thick. I mean, so you thick. did get told You're basically about think, half an hour ago. But Laura, I don't want to have to keep repeating this because it's a very rude thing. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to start again and tell you? No, I've got things to do, but okay. I get it now. It all makes sense. <laughs> I've, I, 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 I'm good now. So when I have imagined these ships previously. Mm. There's all fucking mountains of ice around them that you could, you know, hammer a foundation into. I've only just realised it's more like tissue paper on a bowl of water. Yeah, yeah, that's much more what it's like, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I always assumed, like, icebergs and stuff got big because they'd crashed into each other and, like, forced the ice up and stuff and ice had collected. That's really fucking stupid, actually. Uh, maybe. So, yeah, there's not loads of flora and fauna at the North Pole. The rest of the Arctic, yes, but the North Pole, not so much. So there's something like there's 21,000 species of plants and animals that really work all across the Arctic, but the North Pole, nah, not so much. But you've got some stuff. So you've No got... Arctic foxes, no polar bears, because it's just the sea. Yeah, not that far north. You would have polar bears in the Arctic, yeah. but they wouldn't really be that far north. Because there's not oh, enough yeah, food for them. And also, it's just, it's just the sea. Yeah, it's just floating ice blocks. Mainly, mainly fish in that, probably. Yeah, you're not going to have mammals. You've got cod, shrimp, some crustaceans, and then there's the odd migrating bird that goes that way. And increasingly, there's birds because they'll follow ships. So you've got terns, fulmars, kittiwakes, and snow buntings. This is brilliant. This, is, this has changed the way I view the world. Well, this is quite exciting. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Good. I'm very glad you're happy. Um, so we've got one, a couple more little fun things. Um, some fun facts about uh, the North Pole. Um, do you want to hear about a Japanese adventurer? More than your eleven. No. <laughs> so in 1987, you've got um, a guy who owned a motorcycle shop in Tokyo, Shinji Kazama, um, left Canada uh, on a motorbike, a Yamaha TW200, and headed for the North Pole. Had a team of... Well, he's got to be careful because it's, it's, it's the sea. Well, exactly. But it's frozen, Will, so you can go on the ice. Three It's... It's three metres thick, which is actually very thick for what we're talking about, but not thick for what I thought earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, and they off. So they went 1,250 miles over the sea ice. That's that's what sea ice means. It's ice on the sea, Will. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and and they went uh, all all on motorbikes, but obviously because of the conditions, sometimes their top speed was thirty feet an hour. So that's about three times as fast as it is to travel on the M25. Um, and <laughs> it took 40, bit of humor. 44 days to get to the North Pole. Um, and then five years You'd later... You'd need good tyres, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, five years later, he managed to do the same at the South Pole. So Shinji Kazama is the only person to have reached both poles on a motorcycle. How would you get petrol? Well, there's there's loads of oil you. there. It's fine. No, it's fine. They've got loads of oil. Just take enough with you. It's not going to catch fire, is it? And if it does, it's probably nice. Don't put you on the sea. Yeah. There's also an annual North Pole Marathon. Just when you thought marathons couldn't get horribler, you can do one at the North Pole. It's in April. It's insane. They've been doing it since 2003. It's a full marathon, 26.2. Um, and last year it was done at minus 29 degrees C. That's too cold. That's Will, too cold. Have a guess for me. The current record for the fastest time at the North Pole Marathon. Uh, okay. It's held by a man, Thomas Maguire. He is Irish. How fast do you think he managed to run the marathon at the North Pole? So what's going to happen here is it's going to be something like a week or four hours six and a half hours three hours and 36 minutes ridiculous Isn't unbelievable that insane <laughs> yeah mad okay and the final thing we're going to do before we are going to leave you lovely regular listeners and hop on a little cozy um lay by with our patrons to talk about another North Pole um, we're going to quickly have a look at why is Santa connected to the North Pole as we've just discovered with William the North Pole actually isn't much like anything that you see in Christmas films You, there aren't little huts there there aren't reindeer grazing up there it's just somewhere random oh. on a load of ice in the middle of Guys, an ocean it's the middle of the sea <laughs> Yeah, you, you, I don't know how to accurately describe well enough for the listener how much Will's demeanour has changed through this podcast. He's gone from, like, jokingly joining in, sitting back occasionally listening and then leaning forward to say something silly, to just, like, staring off in the distance like his entire perception of our planet's changed. Well, Laura, that's exactly what's happened. <laughs> of course it's not 2,000 metres deep. It's just sheets of ice on the sea, the liquid sea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Okay. Man, we're going to get some messages on this one going, are you two all right? Are you okay? <laughs> I hope we get some people going, my mind's blown. In fact, do get in touch with us at Treasures Pod on all the socials if you, like I, thought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'm happy to be teaching. Um, <clears throat> so why, wh where does the Santa North Pole myth come from? It's a good question. Now, according to a lot of places, and specifically OceanWideExpeditions.com is <clears throat> where I've got this from, and I've corroborated this on a couple of other places, the person um, credited with creating that link is Thomas Nast. N-A-S-T, who was an American cartoonist um, who 
contributed to Harper's Weekly magazine, uh, submitted 33 Christmas drawings between 1863 and 1886. And one of them featured a village called Santa Clausville NP, with the NP standing for North Pole. Now, that is because at this time, so 1860s, 70s, 80s, This is when exploration and expeditions and talk about the North Pole was a big thing. A little bit like the 70s being very space, you know, everyone was crazy about space because we'd just gone there and space travel was, you know, growing. At this point, the North Pole was the in thing. So it was fashionable and people were talking about it and there were these expeditions there. Um, And reindeer had already come up in the night before Christmas, not the Tim... All through the house. Yeah. Not a creature was stirring, not east. On Dasher, on Prancer, on Donner, on Blitzen, on Cupid, on Stupid, on lovely little Vixen. Yes. Um, So reindeer were already affiliated with Father Christmas and the Father Christmas myth, um, and they live in the Arctic, and obviously the peak of the Arctic is the North Pole. So that's why he chose there. Um, and then also because Christmas in America or in a lot of states of America um, and Britain and stuff is a snowy cold time, so it fit for that reason as well that you could have him living in this permanent weather system that was like the weather systems that the Western countries associate with Christmas. Um, Here's a fun one for you, a fact for you, Laura. Did you know that um, snow at Christmas, yeah, it really isn't that common, is it, really? No. Um, And it's never been that common, but it was common in the, um, like, three years that Dickens was writing his books about Christmas. Oh, really? Like, just some funny weather systems around. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't really get that cold in, well, especially in the southeast of England where we are. It doesn't really get cold until January, does it? Like, it's still not I mean, not so that... I've just, put a, I've just put, a, put a blanket around myself. Yeah, but we're, it's still, like, above 10 degrees C here. It's not cold, is it? Yeah, I am in a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's why that. And the first film... Um, that featured Santa being at the North Pole, I think, and please do let us know if I've got this wrong, but I couldn't find another one from earlier, was a 1984 film called The Night They Saved Christmas, um, which was a straight-to-TV drama. Um, It's not the sexiest sounding of Christmas films. It's about an oil company who are blowing up the North Pole in search of an oil field, and they stumble across father christmas there's like a dad of a family who's like i don't know if i still want to live here panning for oil and the children are like what if we blow up santa claus um and then it becomes a christmas film well after what you were saying earlier about uh russia and that sounds like these days that'd be a bloody documentary (laughs) hey it sure would so there you go that is the north pole (laughs) we've learned that is why father christmas is associated with the north pole and if you want to go back and see the first time santa was pictured being at the north pole in film you want the night they saved christmas from 1984 
Um, hey, listeners, thanks for listening. We hope you've had a lovely, lovely time. If you're a patron, hold fire, because we are about to go and explore a second North Pole. Ooh. If you're not a patron, but you want to hear the extended versions of all of our episodes, including this one, pop to patreon.com forward slash national treasures and um, just give us five pounds a month and we'll give you four extra episodes of us talking a week plus the extended version of these a month a month did I say week oh yeah no I I like our patrons (laughs) but I think four a week fuck me you'd have to have a part time job to even listen to it all wouldn't you jeez no a month a month I'm so sorry a month sometimes it feels like we're trying to record four a week but it is a month and listen they're not regular sometimes we just give you four on one day because we are garbage people but it's always done with love and that's the main thing yeah you'd also uh, you get access to the monthly live stream yeah that's so much fun and the nicest thing ever I really like that since the Patreon members are growing, the Discord is a very active little community now, mm. and I really like that. Yeah. Um, the, the next and, live stream, yeah, by so the way, the is the 20th of December. Yes. And the... Um, the... Uh, main Flavour podcast last week was a years and years as a little teaser to see the kind of thing. If you listened to it and thought, yeah, I reckon they're worth a pound each, um, do join. Yeah. Anyway, Goodbye. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, freeloaders. See you next week for the 12 days of Christmas. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.